Welcome to episode number 195, Pivoting and Planning. Well, I am sorry for missing last week. You know, I really think about you, the listener, often. The only real information I have about you is the city, state, and country of the origin of your download. So I know that I have listeners all over the U.S., and very dedicated ones, as the same towns and cities continue to appear. I also have some foreign listeners who are very dedicated, from Canada to the U.K., from Belgium to Kenya, Australia, the Philippines, Germany, France, and so many more. As I think about who you are and what you are passing through in your life, I like to think that we share a common bond, an illness and a gospel perspective that bind us together. And I hope in time I will meet each of you and we will listen and speak with one another and share our common experiences. Until then, I would hope that you might be able to share this podcast with others. Now, I have always loved the Robert Frost poem, The Road Not Taken. Today, it seems to fit into what I want to discuss. So we will start with his poem. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both. And be one traveler, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there, had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden back. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I traversed the brush and the brambles and wandered through the pass that I had not planned. Now, you probably know that that's not the words. The words were, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. But I preferred traverse the brush and the brambles and wandered through paths that I had not planned. So often in our life, especially when mental and emotional health challenges come into our path, we seemingly traverse across areas of the mortal wilderness we had not even thought about, much less planned for. We dream of traversing grassy, flower-filled career paths with warm spring relationships, only to find that our illness has us lost deep in a forest of thick trees and painfully thorny brambles. And rather than sunny days and warm breezes, it can feel very dark, cold, lonely, and rain-filled. We plan our lives, and then our illness sets that plan on fire and then hands us a new map to navigate, full of experiences, places, people, and trials that have little resemblance to our original plan. It can feel as though our illness is directing more of our lives than we are. It can also feel as though failure is our only real accomplishment when it comes to our plans and dreams. The consistent pivoting that we endure through the rerouting nature of mental and emotional illness can feel as though we can never really plan. Now, I have experienced a fair share of interrupted plans, brambles, bushes, and roads not taken. Yet through it all, I have experienced something quite unique. I have found that the Lord can take those crazy deviations and pivoting turns and twists and use them to direct and redirect our lives. Today I'm going to walk through a short basic history of the first portion of my life. It might take you by surprise, and then again, it might not. My illnesses, both my autoimmune illnesses and mental illnesses, 
have caused quite a few deviations, U-turns, pivots, and what might appear to be failures and miscues in my life. My purpose is simple, to demonstrate just a few things. The first is that the Lord is always present, even when we feel as though we have failed in life. Second, that it isn't uncommon for individuals with mental health challenges to have a variety of life challenges that cause, maybe a better word is force, difficult decisions to be made and alter what we thought our life would be. And third, the Lord can use those pivots, perceived failures, and U-turns to alter our dreams to what He would like us to do and become. We are by nature in the hands of the Creator, and our illness can give Him options to direct our lives in ways that are more conducive to His plan for us. So today I'm going to start with high school, as this is most often where our dreams and plans for life begin to form. Now, I loved chemistry. When I took it in high school as a course, the world opened up to me. That class was where I formed my desire to study chemistry or chemical engineering. That was my plan all through high school and even during missionary service. That plan didn't even deviate during my first couple of years of college at a junior college. When I moved to Washington State to pursue the more focused portion of, it, of my degree, things did begin to change. But before that, I had experienced significant difficulties during my missionary service with my bipolar disorder. The stress of missionary work and a moderate to severe case of the illness presented significant challenges in Argentina. So much so that I don't remember much about my mission, but some names, faces, and a couple of stories. What is interesting about my mission is that even in the midst of the trial and the struggles I faced, it made a difference in my life as far as my relationship with the Savior. While my mental health challenges probably made me less than an effective missionary, it provided for my needs to get some work in prayer and learning to listen to the Spirit through the multitude of emotional voices that come with bipolar disorder. My mission was just the beginning of my learning to listen, but it provided a foundation for future learning experiences and listening. I've often said my mission saved me in many ways. Without it, I fully believe that I would not have made it very far in life, and that is probably true both physically and spiritually. That isn't to say I didn't wade through very deep and dark waters during that time frame. I did, but missionary work provided a stability I did not have in my life. Yes, it also provided significant stress, which was really terrible for my illness. In many ways, as I look back, even though I didn't feel very successful or even very effective as a missionary, I can see how the Lord molded me through that very hot, fiery furnace and affliction. Now, when I returned home, the Lord knew that I needed some stability, or I was not going to make it very far in my life. I don't tell the origin story of our marriage very often, and today I'm going to share just a few details. It was unique in many ways, and likely due to my illness and struggles. My wife and I were actually engaged within two to three weeks of our first date. The Lord just made it clear to both of us. She would be the one she would be one of those main stability points over the next several years of turmoil, and for me, she would and still is my savior, at least in a mortal sense. I know that this isn't very common to get married young and engage so quickly, especially in our current climate of commitment and relationship development. But I believe that it was one of those necessary moments in time that the Lord knew he needed to intervene before I could make a wrong turn. From our marriage to junior college and a newborn, 
I struggled through the chaos of very early mornings, sorting packages, and during the day, attending college. I slept a great deal, just to manage. Eventually, we moved across to Washington State to the small town of Pullman, where I began attending WSU. It was here where my illness began to progress and regress, delivering more and more difficult moments in time. And it was here where my first significant moment of perceived failure happened. My dream had always been to pursue chemical engineering. The stress of my illness caused that I could not keep up with the rigors of the degree. I simply didn't have the capacity. Now, I tell people that I realized that I was quite a different personality than the rest of my class. But the reality was simple. Mental illness causes capacity issues, and the increase in symptoms was too much. So I pivoted to secondary education. I could at least teach chemistry and math. Now, I began working towards my degree in secondary education. Now, during this time is when my illness reached the point that they always do when stress and mental illness collide. I came as close as I have ever been to suicide. I won't relate too much more than that, except that it caused me to see the college psychiatrist. Luckily, at that time, they had one on staff. While I had been taking lithium for a time to treat my bipolar symptoms, I had not really been that dedicated to it. It was here when I realized that I really needed help. I began working through the medication process. And for me, it was and has been a process. Some medications work better than others, but it was at college where my medication journey really began in earnest. I continued my education degree, but eventually realized that working in a high school with bipolar was not going to be a good combination. I had to pivot again and obtained a general science degree. And so I left college with a degree, but certainly not with the one I had planned. It was also during my college time frame that I experienced my first real perceived spiritual failure, other than what I experienced during my mission. I had the opportunity to teach seminary, and it did not go very well for me. I eventually had to be asked to be released. The early morning and added stress was simply too much. The bishop was kind, but in many ways I believe I was devastated. I'd never asked to be released before this moment, and it felt very defeating and real. I know now that the Lord was in it and teaching me principles, but I could not see it at the moment. Now, I left college not really knowing who I was or what I wanted to do. I took a job working for a company that is now called FedEx Ground in Southern Oregon. Unfortunately, my illness was still problematic, even on a good medication. The move to Southern Oregon jolted my emotions sufficiently that I lasted a few months without serious episodes, but the waves of bipolar always catch up with you, and I ended up moving back to my parents' home for a time, again feeling as though I had probably failed. After bouncing around through several jobs, I obtained work at a petroleum refinery doing some chemistry work. The work was interesting, but I realized that I needed more than myself alone in a lab all day running tests, and I also developed some allergies to the chemicals in the plant. Again, I was forced to pivot, and I returned to school to get my MBA. We lived with my grandmother at the time, and I admit it was not an ideal situation for my wife. I had a long commute to school, and it was I was regularly exhausted. I did finish my MBA and really didn't know what to do. I had decided that law school might be an option, and I did feel good about it at the time. I was accepted to the University of Idaho Law School, and I moved to a small town called Post Falls so that I could obtain Idaho residency. 
I worked in construction for a time, framing, and then at times running my own business, and then sales at times, and then back to my own business, and realized that with my illness, law school was probably out of the question. So again, I had to pivot. It was at this time something interesting happened. Once I had decided not to attend law school, I applied for another chemistry job in western Washington and a construction management job in eastern Washington or Spokane, where Spokane is. I had interviewed with the chemistry job and felt like I should take it. I called the construction management job to tell them I would be taking the chemistry job in western Washington even before my interview. The manager convinced me to come in and interview anyway, and the construction job actually felt even better and just worked for us. Now, looking back, I can see now how the Lord intervened more heavily at that point in my life. There is no reason I should have been hired for a construction management job. My degree was in chemistry, and I had only really done residential work. I had never worked a federal construction job in my life. Looking back, there was no good or real reason to hire me. However, that job launched the career I have now. Now, I will note that my many years in Post Falls did not feel like a success, and I struggled regularly with my illness. However, the construction management job actually worked out for a couple of years. But again, within a couple of years, I had to pivot. And, but I did remain within the construction industry, taking another job in Seattle, Washington. Now, I will note something here that occurred during this time frame before this move to Seattle. After many priesthood blessings, prayer, and spiritual work, I had one of those unmistakably humbling feelings that I should return home to my parents and receive another blessing and that the Lord would heal me of my bipolar. Now, we made a quick trip from eastern to western Washington, and I received a wonderful blessing of our current stake president at the time. I received a healing blessing and counsel that I would need to do my part in the healing process. However, it would be a long road to healing, as my illness was gone, but I now needed to find out who I was without it. I know that might sound strange, but when you live with an illness all your life, and then suddenly it's gone, you can feel more than a little lost. My emotions had been such a raging river for so long. When I was healed, and normal emotional states returned, I felt very empty. In any case, it would be a decade before I really felt fully healed. We don't often think about the ramifications of being healed, and I certainly had never pondered that it would take a decade before I felt normal. The job in Seattle was good, but because of the stress of the commute and the toll on my family, we decided that we would make a change. The company I was working for in Seattle actually had a vacancy in Salt Lake City, and so I took a job in Salt Lake City which provided us, again, another opportunity to learn. So, I'm going to pause this crazy history for a minute to note, again, just how crazy it was. We had moved about 15 times by this point in our marriage, and we had six children. I had worked at least a dozen jobs, if not more, and was jobless at the moment, but had a pending opportunity in Salt Lake City. What is important to understand is that this is not unusual for someone with mental health challenges. My particular problem was bipolar, but I'm not sure that that absolutely matters. And if you consider all of the chaos, it probably actually fits with my illness. Now, I will also note that the Lord never abandoned us during this process. He was always there, directing, guiding, helping us behind the scenes. When I look back, 
I see him everywhere, but in the moment, I struggled to see him anywhere. I struggled to hear his voice. I struggled to know what to do. I struggled in every aspect of my life, physically and spiritually. However, during our struggles, we will rarely see the Lord's hand directly in our lives. He can feel uncomfortable, confusing, defeating, and feel very much as though you have failed. But if you keep working at the gospel, the Lord is always there, even when we can't see or feel his hand, and even when we feel like our lives have been a failure. Now, we moved to Salt Lake City area and lived in Magna for about eight years while we were in Utah. And during that time, I had five different jobs. I struggled finding myself after that healing blessing, but it was here where I found my current career. A technological revolution had come about in the construction industry, and the beginnings of three-dimensional modeling and visualization had come about. I became very interested and taught myself the software. And during that same time frame I was learning the software, an issue arose at my current place of employment where some significant, let's call it bullying, behavior was present. That was nothing new in construction and in construction and still is not but it, this was rather harsh it wasn't now i wasn't on the receiving end but a colleague of mine who was bearing the brunt of the problem i spoke up for him and that isn't what you do in construction so i ended up looking for a new job i i applied at a company for a scheduling position but noted my new software skills in, this, in simulation and visualization. And this is where the Lord again truly intervened and where I knew I, that he had. I started and built a virtual construction department for this company and worked there for several years. It was about this time that a new illness arose that brought back some of my depression symptoms. I didn't know it then, but I had a rather severe case of psoriatic arthritis. And another autoimmune disease beyond that. It would take another six years before I would be diagnosed, and it caused a host of problems and several more job changes. That is how I ended up in Georgia. Now, while I could continue the saga of my life, I'm going to probably stop here because I think that I provided what I wanted to show. I now live in Georgia with a wonderful home on several acres of land and have a wonderful job. Most of all, I have eight terrific children who I do not deserve, and a wife who I consider the really the angel who saved me from myself. Do I deserve the job, life, and family I have? No, I don't believe so. My life was chaos because of my illness with both the bipolar and the autoimmune. I didn't study construction management. I have quit far too many jobs to count. I have struggled deeply with bipolar until I was healed, and then later suffered depression due to my chronic autoimmune issues. I have moved more than 25 times in my life with my family. I have caused my wife to suffer at times, many times, because I did not have the capacity to help her. My life has been anything but consistent and regular. Most would have considered it almost pure chaos and failure. But in all of that chaos, the Lord was there, always. I could not always feel him. In fact, many times I wondered if he was even there. But as I look back on it, he was always there. He guided all my footsteps through my mortal weaknesses and even used those weaknesses to teach me valuable lessons. That is really my point today. I know that many of you have considered much of your life as, failed as a failed experiment, that your mental health challenges have caused you to run from one chaotic moment to the next, barely catching your breath. 
much less attempting to plan from one moment to another. Some of you have experienced divorce, relationship problems, excommunication, or loss of covenant blessings. Some of you have lost jobs, family, friends, and feel you have a history several miles long. Some of you have been addicted and struggled to find peace. However, I know by experience that the Lord is there with you in the fray. He is not worried about your perceived failures or your difficulties because he can make up the difference. He knows you and how best to work with you and your illness. You will, from time to time, feel his hand in your life and most of the time wonder if he exists. However, he is always right beside you, urging you on forward to do your part. He can see the end from the beginning and knows how best to guide you in wisdom's paths. All you must do is put in the effort that you can. He will help your children. He will help your spouse and your family, your friends. And he will aid you in your career if you allow him to wield his atonement for your benefit. Rarely will you see him when he directs your path. But as you look backward, you will see his hands lifting, comforting, guiding, and directing you to success. You are his child. And as you continue to do your part, the Lord will do his. This I can testify and promise because I have seen and felt it in my life and in the lives of many others. Until next week, I hope and pray that you feel him next to you and that the love he has for you. Again, until next week.